You know, it's always a great joy for us to be together, and we are. There may be a physical separation with our online ministries, but there is a spiritual connection. And we're looking forward to next weekend, three live services. We're going to continue our online ministry as well. And we're just really thrilled that you are a part of Hope. You are part of the Hope family. And this weekend, we're wrapping up our series called Quarantined. Next weekend, don't miss it, we kick off an essential series called Fear Not. The series Quarantined has been based on the scriptures found in Philippians. Four powerful chapters. Uh, And I hope you continue to read the message of Paul because he was quarantined. He couldn't go freely where he wanted to do, but he's still filled with faith and hope and love. And he has an a joy that comes out of him in this book that is just so beautiful. Uh, Chapter 4 is my favorite of the chapters. It has powerful promises. And we're going to look at that today as we come to the conclusion of this book. But to introduce the powerful promise we're focusing on today, I want to turn to our kids' ministry. Hey, Church of Hope, I'm so glad that we all get to be together today. Uh, If you're not aware of what we've been doing for kids, it's every Wednesday night. We've been doing a Wednesday night game night on Zoom, and this is my Zoom background. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so this is uh, the Mandalorian, and yeah, that's right, Baby Yoda, he's hanging out with me today. So uh, what we did is we challenged every kid to a sword drill, and if you don't know what a sword drill is, that's where you get out your Bible, and uh, we challenge you to find a verse as fast as possible. So that's what we asked our kids to do. We asked our kids to find a verse in the Bible as fast as we can, and then record it and send it in to us. And that's what you're about to see. But let's see how fast you can find it. Are you ready? Get your Bibles out. We're going to read. Here's the verse. Philippians 4.13. Go! I can do all things for Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Christ gives me the strength to face anything. I'm Luke. I'll be reading Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ because he gives me the strength. I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love this promise and it's for you. I pray this prayer virtually every day. I call it my 10-finger prayer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is a promise that God gives to us. And Paul writes with this anointing while he's in quarantine, while he's not able to move freely around, and he has an all-things faith. I want the all-things faith to be upon you, your home, know that God is working all things for your good, for his glory. And Paul points us to this truth in the midst of quarantine. This promise is planted in a very important chapter. And to understand the promise, you have to go to the power behind the promise. To look at what's in the chapter. And what's in the chapter is your key to increase. Your key to an all things anointing. Your key 
to break through this day, this week, this month, and for the rest of this year. Paul writes to us in chapter 4 of Philippians about generosity. And the key to your increase is generosity. He gives us five powerful principles that we are going to look at in the concluding chapter of this wonderful book. Here are the things we want to emphasize as we look at what Paul is encouraging us to do. First of all, I want you to just know that sowers or people that are generous, people that sow out generosity, they are people that are going to bring joy to others. The Apostle Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. So there's great joy when generosity is practiced. You, the Philippians, have uh, given out of your concern for me, and I received it because you took every opportunity to be generous. Now, you have to understand the prison system that Paul was in. In the prison system, Paul was in prison in Rome, but he didn't have any supply of food or his necessities. He needed people from the outside to bring him provision. And who was doing that? The Philippians. And it wasn't an easy thing to do. It wasn't around the corner. It's about 1,200 miles. Uh, it could take up to three months to make the journey. Uh, on a fast journey, maybe a, at least a month and a half there and a month and a half back. But it took them a while to get their concern, which was their supply. They were supplying Paul with food, maybe with clothing, with his necessities. And he says, your generosity has increased my joy. It's given me great joy. And that's what generosity does. Generosity increases joy. When you read the book of Philippians, it is jam-packed with joy. And that's why I want you to be reading it in these days, because there's a joy of the Lord that is in this book, and Paul has it. He has it because he sees the Lord working in his friends in Philippi. He sees Jesus in their hearts, and as Jesus is in their heart, it's coming out in generosity. And that's what happens when Jesus is in our heart, and when we watch people get it in their faith, they become generous. And that generosity brought great joy to Paul. Even while we've been in this time out, um, when I get the report on gifts, or I've gone to the mailbox a few times, and more than once I've taken out the mail and looked at, there's some finances coming in, some resource coming in. I didn't open them up, but I prayed over the envelopes and I I, I wept, not sad tears, but tears of joy because of generosity. Generosity increases your life with a double increase. It brings joy to the person that receives because of your generosity, and it brings the increase into your life, the opportunity for God's blessing, because that's what Paul is teaching, that all of our needs are going to be supplied when we unlock the door of increase, and the, the key is to be generous. Now, for those of you that are generous, I want you to take you through this very important concept. Generosity has seasons. People that sow have to understand seasons. And this is right in the midst of Paul teaching us to be generous. Notice the language he uses. 
Um, I'm content no matter what's going on. It's very possible that before Epaphrodites, that's the man that brought the gifts to Paul in Rome, before he arrived, it's very possible that Paul was in great need. He may have gone hungry. He may have been without food. But he says, even when I'm in a state of need, I have found a place of being content no matter what season I am in. This is so important. During this season, do you have a contentment that comes from your faith, your confidence, and your belief in God? He says, uh, when I am brought low, that's when things are not going good, or when I abound, when I'm doing great, when I have plenty, or when I'm in hunger, when I have abundance, or when I'm in need. There is a season that we have to understand. Some people have tried generosity, and they haven't waited long enough for generosity to bring increase. My mother was raised on a farm, and she used to take us to the farm, the homestead that she was raised on, fields of growth. And any farmer knows, or anyone that has grown anything knows, that farmers have seasons. There's a season to plant the seeds. There's a season for those seeds to, to uh, grow. There's a waiting process where the, the fields are fertilized and care, cared for. There's a season of harvest. And then there's a season where the soil rests. In our lives, when we practice generosity, we have to know that no matter what season we're in, including this strange season today, that God is with us. He never leaves us. Sweet Darla Joy and I have been walking in our journey together for 35 years, over 35 years. We've had great seasons of increase and abundance, and we've had some tough times. But we have decided that we are going to celebrate a contentment that comes, knowing that every season on this earth Listen to me. Every season on this earth is only temporary. You pass through things. If it's going great, there could be a time that something goes sideways and that season comes to an end and you're in what Paul says, a, a, a tough time. But you still have to be content knowing this. The Lord is with me. It's right after Paul teaching about abasing or being in a tough time or abounding, being hungry or having a lot. It's right after this that we find verse 13, which is the verse we started with. It's right after that when he says all things. The all things he's referring to is when things are going good, I know God's working in it. When things are not going good, I'm in a season. And let me tell you, the season that we are in is getting us ready for increase. Hold on and know that in all things, God is working together and he is going to give you the strength to go through it and he's given you the strength to come out on the other side better than you went in. And you can never move into your next season without letting go of the last season. We're not coming back to things as they were totally, but we're ready. We have faith knowing God is with us that we're moving into a new season. Paul says, I've been through seasons. I'm content. I know God is with me. God is working it out for my good and for his glory. The third thing he says to us is this, that sowers need to be and are inspired by God. Notice what he says to his friends. He says, of all the churches, and Paul started many churches, he had many people of faith that were his friends. 
of all the churches, no other church entered into partnership with me. No other church was generous except you wonderful people in Philippi. Those people didn't look to others to inspire them in their generosity. When we talk about generosity, there are always voices that will say, you don't need to be generous. You don't need to practice tithing. I haven't tithed. I'm doing okay. Uh, there are whole people dedicated to talking you out of generosity. But notice what happens. These Philippians didn't look to others for inspiration other churches, even other people of faith. It's possible for people of faith to not be generous. But Paul is blessed and encouraged and exercises great joy when these people were generous. Their inspiration didn't come from the other churches around them. They didn't say, well, that church over there isn't helping Paul. In fact, Paul's in Rome, and who knows what he's doing in Rome? He could just be eating... Uh, pasta and, and having pizza and going out every day. Who really knows? They trusted Paul as their leader. Their inspiration came from God, not from the people around them. As I encourage you to unlock the door of increase for you, don't listen to the voices of doubt and fear, those that pull you away from generosity. The voice of the Holy Spirit is always calling us to generosity. When you tune in to the Spirit of God, He will fill you with love. And love can't help but give. Love can't help but be generous. So we want to take a moment now just to let the Holy Spirit fill our hearts to receive inspiration from God, to know that God is with us, God is filling us, and God is inspiring us to love others. Why? Because increase comes when we practice faith with what God has already given us. Let me say that again. Listen carefully. Increase comes when we practice faith with what God has already given us. God had supplied the believers in Philippi with some resource. They could have done a number of things with it. They could have spent it on themselves. They could have put it into the bank. They could have, they could have invested it. They chose to be generous with what they had and because of that, God is about to meet all of their needs. And the promise of all our needs being that is absolutely tied to the subject of generosity. And the promise we started with, the strength that comes. I can do all things. I wish you were under that all things anointing. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, tied to generosity. So generosity understands God has given me, and I'm going to be generous because God is generous. And this is true as well. The fourth thing he says is that people that sow, people that are generous, they are actually storing up treasure in heaven. He says to them, um, you've been giving to me and helping me for a long time. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you helped me more than once. These were just generous people. No wonder the book is so filled with joy. Generosity brings joy. Generosity brings increase. He says, you gave to me over and over again. And what's the result? It is credited to your account. There is an accounting system in heaven that is out of this world. You hear that? There is an accounting system in heaven that is out of this world. 
Yes, there are accounts in this world, and I believe that there are blessings in this world, increase in this world for people that practice generosity, but the greatest increase is in our heavenly account. I think we should pause and just go, I wonder how my account is doing. I think we should listen to Jesus. Jesus says it like this. Don't store up for yourself treasures here on earth. And there's a lot of people that are storing up, investing. Some of them are worried about their investments in this earth. Because what's going to happen? Well, moths and destruction is going to come. Someone's going to take away from you. Because the things of this earth actually do pass away. But he said there is an investment that you can make in your heavenly account. Just like you have a bank account. There is an account of your life. And generosity not only blesses people here, it also adds to your account. Here's what Jesus says. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. That's what generosity does. It brings increase, not only here, not only in this day. Jesus says that, yes, there's blessing here on this earth for those that give their lives, understand God's blessing, and participate in generosity. He says, there is coming a day. And get this, we are going to live in heaven much longer than we've lived here on earth. And there are people that are very successful or they're called or looked at very successful here in this world. But in God's economy, they are poor. And the key to understanding that is to understand a bigger picture than just 70, 80, 90, 100 years, whatever we have. Let's use every day we have as part of blessing others, practicing generosity, and blessing the kingdom of God. So he says that. There is an accounting in heaven, and those who are generous actually are crediting that account. Then the fifth thing he says is this. Sowers, people that are generous, see supernatural supply. Maybe you've heard this verse before. Maybe you've heard it. My God, that's where most people start the verse. My God will supply every need of yours. But don't miss the and. This verse needs that and. Why? Because the whole concepts that we've been talking about, generosity, giving over and over again, practicing the, the stewardship of our lives, saying, here, God, you've given us this, and so we're going to steward it well, which includes generosity, the tithe, our giving, our offerings, our helping. I'm going to do that. And then this verse kicks into gear. Then this promise becomes um, active in our lives. Because just like the promise of all things are working together for our good comes found in prayer. And the promise we started with uh, to begin the message that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, these are promises that are planted in soil, the soil of generosity, the soil of God's working in our lives. And God will supply every need or all the needs that I have according to His riches. And let me just say, His riches are greater than your riches. So generosity says, I'm looking to God as my source 
and as my supply. Those riches are in glory in Christ Jesus. And those are the records that he keeps. And this promise, which is for you and your household, even in this difficult time, that God will supply all the needs that you have, but that promise is part of the key we're talking about today, the key to increase in your life. I think it's also a key to joy in your life, that generosity unlocks the door. And we have just seen that over and over again, even during this time. We've seen it in all kinds of people. I want you just to see a short little clip of one of the single mothers that's a part of our faith community here. As she has walked by faith, we know that. She's practiced generosity and how God has met her needs during this difficult time. Hi, my name is Carla and this is my story at Hope. I was seven months pregnant when my son's dad decided that he didn't want to be in the relationship anymore. It was in that moment, I had no choice but to need Jesus. It was a Tuesday and I remember thinking that Sunday couldn't come fast enough. You need this, you need to go up for prayer. And I remember just being so terrified to have to share what I needed prayer for. I'll Pastor Holly and it was just a sense of relief, like, thank you, Jesus. And I just vividly remember her sharing with me that I wasn't alone, that Jesus was with me, and I belong to the family of hope. And as long as I kept bringing my son here, that we would be cared for. Church of Hope has really helped me form relationships with people that I feel will help guide and direct me to raise my son up so that his identity is in Christ. One way that God has supplied my needs in this pandemic is just the outreach of friends and family from the church. It's definitely been overwhelming as a single mom and not knowing where my income is gonna come from before I even know what my needs are, they've already been met. So whether it's somebody dropping off groceries to my doorstep when I least expected it, or a gift card and a you know beautiful note with scripture in it, you know, just someone in the Church of Hope family saying, we've got you, <laughs> we've, we've got this car repair, you have nothing to worry about, your needs are gonna be supplied. And, and thinking that was the biggest blessing, I just thought, oh my word. And I just remember being completely floored that why would, why would God choose me to do that? God will always supply all my needs, that I don't have to be afraid of what's to come because he already knows it. You know, he's, he knew me before he formed me. So he knows exactly what I need and it's, it's, it'll be there. God will supply all of our needs. I'm thankful for the people that practice generosity here. The last count I got was over 38,000, conservative number, 38,000 meals that we've given out during COVID-19. And we just want to be part of increasing people's joy here on this planet and laying up treasures for the world to come.
not just blessings in this world, but blessings in the world to come. Generosity is the key. Stewarding well what God has already put in your hand is the key to increase. And in this difficult season, we need to remember that. We're getting ready for a new season. We may be in a season of preparation, but there is harvest coming. And that harvest comes when we plant and sow generously. God loves you. He loves you so much that he wants you to be in his family. He promises to meet our needs. And the greatest need that we have is the need of a relationship with our creator by faith in Jesus Christ. He's with us. He's with you right now. He's not far from the place you're at. He's closer than the next breath that you're about to breathe. And I want to encourage you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to receive the greatest need of your soul, and that's a relationship with God. You don't have to be good enough to earn it or deserve it. You can be a follower of Jesus today. You can begin to tap into these spiritual, powerful principles and promises as we've been studying them today. So I just want to say with you this simple prayer. You can pray it right where you're at. Jesus, I need you in my life. I turn away from my sin and my shame, and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. Now, Holy Spirit, help me to live for Jesus every day of my life. We'd love to know if you're making a decision for Christ today, a commitment or even a recommitment. On some of the platforms, there's a place for you to raise your hand. We encourage you to do that right now. Say, hey, I am deciding for Jesus today. We'd also like to send you some material that will be helpful to you. And if you will text our text number, just text the word yes, because you're saying yes to God today, to 941-260-1321. Again, 941-260-1321. You're saying yes to God. It's the best thing that you could do. I pray that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and all peace. I pray that as you don't trust in your own understanding, but you trust in God, that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will be blessed by Jesus. And I bless you in that name that's above every other name. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed.